episode of Strangers on Liz Mannion. And I am Allie Stewart. Thanks for being here today. Oh my god. I am so tired. I'm okay though. We're, we're okay. How, how have you been sleeping lately? Um, you know, so I'm at like this point in my life where like now my body has been getting up at like 8 a.m. like clockwork because um, of the anonymous school I'm student teaching at. I like student speech pathologying at whatever it's called I have to be up at like I usually have to be up at around like 6 50-ish I really should be getting up at 6 30 but like I roll around for 20 minutes um and but now the problem is like no matter what time I go to bed I still wake up at like six or seven because like I guess like my body is so used to doing it so like like on a weekend I'll go to bed at like two and then I'll like Saturday morning I'll wake up at like six and I'll be like what the fuck are you doing body Honestly, Brain, like, it doesn't feel eyes. good. It's good for your body to have that regular schedule, though. I don't give a shit if it's good for my body. I'm tired. Wow. Well, like, I don't know. I like to get a solid, like, eight hours. Because, like, you know, on the days I have to get up, I have to, like, I usually go to bed at, like, 11, 10, 30, 11, which sucks for, like, you know, Sunday night football purposes and Monday night football purposes. Um, but... I mean, honestly, what am I looking forward for in terms of football? Um, sad. Anyway. Um, but I am just so, I don't know. I wake up at, like, I go to bed at, like, 11, and then I wake up at, like, 6.30 or something, and I'm, everything's fine. But then on the weekends, like, I'm out with my friends, and I, I go to bed at, like, you know, 1 or 2 or midnight, and... Even if I'm not out with my friends and I just want to, like, watch Netflix until, like, 1 in the morning. I still wake up at, like, 6. It's not fair. What are your shows on Netflix these days? Oh, God. So, you know that, like, weird, like, obsessive-compulsive thing I have about Netflix, right? No. You don't know about it? It's really embarrassing. Like, I don't know if I want to, like, admit it on, like, live. Not live. Audio medium. Like, record thing. Maybe we can always cut it out. Anyway, so I do this thing where, like, I'm so nervous that I'm going to, like, miss the newest craze that, like, whenever there's a new Netflix show, as long as it's not, like, like an anime show, just because, like, I don't like anime, and, like, and as long as it's not, like, a children's show or, like, a show in a completely different language, like, I have to watch it. Like, I will watch it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Which results in me, like, having to organize, like, a lot of, like, multitasking things. And it's had me, like, watch a lot of really bad shows. There's a lot of bad ones on there. The movies especially. It's all... The Netflix originals, though. Like, the the Netflix original series are the ones that I watch. Okay. And there was this one really bad one called Gypsy that I... Like, I texted everyone I knew to, like, watch it with me because, like, I couldn't be alone in it. Like, I couldn't talk about how bad it was the gypsy rose one no no it wasn't gypsy rose no 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 no, no, no. gypsy Gypsy. (laughs) um no no it was like it was like naomi watts and like billy crudup and like she was a psychiatrist or like a psychologist and like one of the guys like one of the guys like showed up like who showed up to her like Thing, like her like her practice or whatever like told 
her about like this girl who like he broke up with and he was really sad so then she found the girl that he was dating and then started to date the girl even though she was married and had a child wild yeah it had a lot of potential but it got cancelled after one season probably because it was bad yeah, it doesn't sound great. If you're looking for a good queer show on Netflix, because it sounds like that had some of those themes, just watch Pose. Pose is so good. What is Pose? Pose is... So, I think I like it because, like, the inner glee kid in me just Oof. really Tea. gets off on Ryan Murphy shows. But it's um, it's just a beautiful tribute to, like, the 80s underground um, ballroom scene in terms of, like... Oof. It's just, it's the best thing. I just love it. See, it's worked out kind of well for me because, like, I've, like, my my method has worked out. Cause I got to catch you before, not you, the show you. Liz caught me, everyone. I, I caught her because of <laughs> Netflix. Um, but I caught the show you, like, when it was, like, still a thing. There was a solid, like, month and a half where, like, you know, when I was in like grad school or whatever like me and all my classmates would like sit in our like little classroom and be like holy shit like what did you see what happened on you and Penn Badgley and whatever and then my mom watched it and she started watching Gossip Girl recently I know I don't want to talk about (laughs) it (laughs) and she was like I'm having a lot of trouble liking Dan because of you like he seems really creepy well he is and little yeah spoil major major spoiler alert if you have not watched gossip girl turn this podcast on low for like 20 seconds <laughs> three two one yeah because dan's gossip girl right so, so it's really just on brand for him to have that whole other show you yeah but like dan never killed anyone though we don't know that i don't know do you ever think about how, like, Serena's mom got back together with Serena's dad, even though, like, Serena's dad had been, like, poisoning her, like, the whole time? You know, there's so many messed up parts of that show that I feel like nothing really surprises me of it. There was this, when I watched that show, it was, like, at three in the morning, I would, like, it was when I, like, had, like, a, you know, normal sleep schedule, and the fact that I said three in the morning was my normal sleep schedule shows how messed up I am. But, like, the, we would do, like, our normal sleeps, like, I'm not saying English words right now. Hold on. Rewind. <laughs> Please edit that part out. Um, yeah. I would, like, my one friend would always say that she knew when I was watching Gossip Girl because she would get texts from me at, like, 3 in the morning, like, oh, my God, I can't believe Chuck got, like, accused of fraud or like you know my biggest thing with like that show is that every character was like 19 like i can tell you as a new yorker that is not what growing up in new york is like no that show just i i've not seen it in full but like it just there's so many things that do not represent normal life Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's how a lot of tv is with young people Mm -hmm. like it just does not demonstrate a young person's experience Mm -hmm. maybe like Broad City, because like young young adult shows for the most part are good, but like if you're in high school, like what was that show? The Politician on Netflix. Oh, speaking of Ryan Murphy shows that drive me wild. Oh, um, that is not what God. high schoolers do. That's not. That's not what your high school was like. 
that's just it's like gossip girl all over again like there's who who lives like that it just doesn't make sense but i really i really enjoy the show i'm gonna tell you something i was like like i was involved in student council when i was um when i was in high school and i'll tell you that that was not like that big of a deal like no one was like getting killed over did someone die in that show oh definitely um I also ran for student council when I was a freshman in high school. Did you win? <laughs> no. But see, if we're, if we're sharing embarrassing things. So freshman year, I didn't have a ton of fr Well, high school was just a time in general. I but mean, it was time for everyone. Yeah. College was much better. But in high school, I decided, like, you know what? I would love to contribute to this school. So I decided to run for, like, it wasn't even president. It was vice president. And I made these large posters of Napoleon Dynamite. You know that, like, website? I think it's called, like, Face and Hole. It's probably gone now. But basically, you can lowbrow Photoshop your face onto anything. Okay. So I Photoshopped my face onto um, Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. And then How had Napoleon wear a shirt that said, vote for Allie. Okay. So the only thing worse than having those all over the school as a freshman that didn't know many people is doing that and then not winning and just making everyone very uncomfortable by your just pure optimism towards the situation. Yeah, that, that's, that's bleak, not gonna lie. But <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I think I peaked in high school. Like you're That's still not true. You're still doing some good shit. I don't think I've done a single good thing since really? I was seventeen. Not a good. What kind of good things were you doing at seventeen? Because now I'm really curious. I was. Oh no! Actually, I was a dick. In I was the like. I don't. Hmm. Were you cool in high school? I think. I was like. I wasn't not cool. Do you think anyone from your high school will listen to this podcast? So it's actually funny. Um, someone actually just Snapchatted me and said that they wanted to listen to my podcast okay. from high school. So they can ring in um, at yeah. some point and let us know what you were like in high school. Yeah, I'll let you know in the next episode. I did a lot of things. <laughs> I was also like a Eucharistic minister, too. I went, I went to Catholic school, so that was a shit show. But like, always is. Always a shit show. <laughs> um... But yeah, no, it, it was some good times. Right now, oh, actually, I just finished the like first part of the final season of BoJack Horseman, um, which, did you watch it yet? I have not seen it yet. Okay, well, then I can't really talk about it. Cause it's, Are you going to spoil something? I might spoil it. It was a really... If you guys have not watched BoJack Horseman and you want to know what it's like to laugh and then feel absolutely terrible about yourself... Like a regular day? Yes. Okay. If you want to laugh, feel absolutely terrible about yourself, and then get stressed out, which is a regular day, um, I would watch that show. Um, you know, it's it's just really good. Um, one of my friends just described it as a show that goes from like making amazing animal puns that are hilarious to like deeply dark, depressing stuff. I'm a sucker for dark comedy. I'm not gonna lie. Fair enough. I don't think I've seen a single bad dark comedy. Yeah. Maybe that gypsy show, if that's considered gypsy? a dark comedy. <laughs> no, not that gypsy show. The gypsy I know, but every time you say it, I think of Gypsy Rose, and then I just have to say it that way. Dude, how fucked up is that, though? I still think about that. Like, I know that the media has stopped talking about that, just like it brings up every other dark thing and mm -hmm. then moves on, but I can't really move on from that one because it's just... 
very strange. Also, the fact that in The Politician, they had a Gypsy Rose character. Yes, and they said that it wasn't influenced by Gypsy Rose. How? How? If Ryan Murphy finds this podcast, I need answers. Yeah, I'll call him if you want. Yeah, just give him a ring. And then he can explain all of Glee to me as well. What happened at the end of Glee? It, it got very strange at the end. I, um... How strange? Well, so they were all in New York. They were in college, but it was, like, it, it kind of just turned into fame, but with, like, fame! <laughs> I'm gonna live forever! Basically. But oh. a little bit less catchy. Um, I don't know. I was a sucker for high school glee. As I'm sure most Glee watchers were. And I, I love that in, in this year of 2019, I can talk about Glee on a podcast and, and force listeners to come along for that ride because probably no one else is talking about it right now. So. Uh, hey, you know, you should... No, I have a few friends who talk about it a lot or, like, they specifically ask for the Glee version of a song. Really? I've had that happen to me. I my next karaoke song. I'm do like the Glee version of "Don't Stop Believing." Can or... we do the Glee version of "Creep"? Deal. Deal. Okay. Good. I'm sure they did that. They did. No, they did do the Glee version of "Creep." When? Rachel did it with that guy who like Jesse. No, not Jesse. This was the college era. The boyfriend, like the college boyfriend, with the body oh. and the with the body. That, that one. Up, the human with the body. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, she, yeah, it was the time she did a floating head. She was, um, <laughs> it was like the gigolo. I think his name was like Brody or something. Like it was a very, or like Brentley or like. Okay, so I'm going to go back and rewatch Vince. only college glee. And then we can talk about this So more. you're going to suffer. You're telling me. Oh yeah. It'll be extremely sadistic, but it'll be great. <laughs> okay. Well, let me know what you think. Okay. Or you could just do the easy way and Google. Oh, no, I'm going all in. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, good luck with that. So, so, what do we have on our podcast today? We have a great show, and I'm actually extremely excited about this. This is probably, like, the coolest guy I've ever met in my life. He was, um, he, when I was at the Hellbender Ball, like, a million years ago, um, by a million years ago, I mean, like, Halloween time, um, he played Elvis, and, like... It was the most amazing thing in the whole world. Um, but he is, uh, like, the king of Pittsburgh right now and an amazing singer and songwriter um, and also a fan of honky-tonks and country music and Rust Belt Boogie. Um, we have John Binley here, which literally so fucking excited. I can't, like, I'm ready to just, like, talk about, like... Viol- like fiddles and like boogie boogie yes and pittsburgh and I'm i ready. will i'm ready too and i will say i think this is the best interview we've done since mary ellen meyer i'd say so too yes definitely and we're back on our musician kick so oh yes back on the musician buckle up everyone oh yes maybe he'll sing for us no i don't think he will i wouldn't mind if he did though but you gotta listen to the podcast to find out Thanks for joining us on Sips with Strangers. Oh, yes. And here's John Binley.
Fred Rogers of folk music, <laughs> John Binley. Welcome oh, to Six of Strangers. Thanks for having me. Cheers, ladies. Cheers. I'm having a great time already. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So we are currently drinking. I was very excited because Allie and I had the opportunity to create a cocktail for John. And we chose the Three Rivers cocktail because of his very good song, Three Rivers. Um, and it is whiskey, City of Champions whiskey from Wiggle, um, brown sugar simple syrup, and grapefruit juice, which is, I think, what all Three Rivers look like. Brown, mm. brown, and kind of clear. Yeah. Maybe, if you squint. Which one's clear? I know the Mon's the dirty one. The Mon is definitely brown. Yeah. I think the Allegheny is like the more clean one. Well, yeah, because the Ohio is just, you're just mixing stuff at that point. Yeah. It's just dirty. Who knows? Well, John, what's going on with you? How's your life going? Pretty good. Having my Monday, and this is a great way to to cap it off. It's dark early now. We just Ugh. set the clocks back, so getting used to that. Wacky things are always happening. When that, when that clock change hits, mm -hmm. it's dark at five o'clock. And mm -hmm. yeah. but I'm good. I'm happy. How do you feel about daylight savings time? I like. I know that it doesn't. It apparently it doesn't make sense. Like I've read all kinds of articles about how it it's no it's a total thing. But I do appreciate like ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. I like seasons. Okay. Uh, yeah. I like. It's good to change. Mm -hmm. So. Is there any season that you like can't stand? Uh, they're all important. I think summer goes on too long and winter goes on too long. I like fall and spring. Okay. Because they're like, you know. Yeah. Are you a pumpkin spice fan? Mm, not so much. I'm really not a, a sweets guy in general. Mm -hmm. More of a savory guy. Mm -hmm. I feel that. Yeah, fall mm -hmm. is actually why I moved to Pittsburgh. Because mm -hmm. I, I toured Duquesne during the fall time. Mm -hmm. And it was a transition right bef between fall and winter. So kind of like this time of yeah. year. Yeah. And I had never seen fall leaves before, so it was just like a done deal. Yeah. I was like, ah, school is great, but look at this tree. And it gets windy up there on the bluff. Oh, it does. Get blown right over. Yeah. It does. Yeah. I'm, but we're never on the bluff anymore. No. I'm only on the bluff at night because I take night class twice a week, mm. and it's horrible. And you're just living. I work like a seven to... Three or four jobs and the old seven to three. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> the job that's the that ideal. Don't get paid for. <laughs> yeah, it's a job that you're paying for. But I, I love mm. it. It's yeah. a full day. Mm. Full day. Yeah. Full day. Full day. Cool. So, John, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, your music because it's very good. Thank you. Like, it is all of the simple adjectives. <laughs> it is actually it's very, nice. It's very good. It's um, I think. Whenever I talk to anyone who even kind of remotely likes like countryish music, like I will show them Three Rivers, mm. um, because like you know that's a really good song, and I think just in general, Ever Satisfactory is really cool. Actually, rewind before we get to the before we get to the music part, the more important part. I mean, it's all important, but I was at Deutschtown, and I noticed that you had a beer. Yeah, you had. A Pittsburgh beer with Allegheny City, and what was the other? Like it was a collab or something. Uh, Cinderlands. Oh, how did that? Yeah. How did that happen? Uh, it was pretty straight up. Uh, Paul uh, sent me an email. Paul from Cinderlands, great guy, and he was like, "We want to make a a beer for a band in Deutschtown, and we were listening to some of the bands, and we all said we like your band. Mm -hmm. Do you want to make a beer? There wasn't much to think about for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, uh, yeah." Mm -hmm. And we went down, I was shoveling 
oats and barley and they're one of those breweries it's a great spot if Mm -hmm. if you haven't been go check it out Mm -hmm. um but they have like their huge brewing Mm -hmm. apparatuses Mm -hmm. out in the open like where you enjoy your beers and your food and so uh yeah got to go down there and like actually help make it that's really cool and i've noticed i don't think we started this trend but i've noticed since we've done it there's been a lot of bands getting their own beer so mm. what kind of beer the, did you make it was a pale ale a pale okay ale. i'm already yeah. sold yeah it was good was it hoppy was it citrusy it was a little was it wasn't it? too um wasn't like overly hoppy um okay i was worried that it was gonna suck <laughs> when we were making it and i was gonna have to pretend to like it because it's my beer but it was mm-hmm. I, I actually enjoyed it i have a few left in my fridge oh really i think we're gonna make it again um when we have like a special event coming up mm-hmm. so that's amazing yeah i think so i actually have a can so on my balcony over there which is being covered by a table that broke two weeks ago mm. that we're still figuring out what to do with um we'll put it back together <laughs> um there is when we moved in there was a can of like PBR that was like attached to like this nail that was sticking out of like the roof of my balcony. We are so in the there, south side, yeah. <laughs> so now every time I buy a new beer, I will put the can on like the one of the nails, and there is a can of Ever Satisfactory on a nail. It, it's empty because I drank it. Right. But what I found really funny is when I saw you at Deutschland, I remember you guys were like, oh, like everyone raise your Ever Satisfactory yeah. up. And like, so I let you know. They the weren't letting. Were yeah, they weren't letting people. people. I grabbed like as many as I could hold. Like fifteen mm-hmm. minutes before our set, I like ran over mm-hmm. and grabbed a bunch and was just giving them to everybody in the band. I didn't realize that they weren't letting <laughs> let it because I, you know, people came up to me afterwards like they didn't let us over, and mm-hmm. I'll have to talk to Cody and the mm-hmm. people at Deutschtown about that next year. Oh yeah, for sure. Would you make that beer again? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't good. have any control over that, so like, yeah. I don't know if they'll ever listen to this podcast, yeah. but I think you never know. Would you, is there a type of beer you would never make? I'm like, not big on like the, uh, the ciders or the, the, uh, like icy light mango or anything like that. Don't look at me. No, <laughs> no, I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of the cider and yeah. you're guilty of the icy light. So. I don't drink icy light mango though. You're, I only you're above that. Hey, she has standards. It's all good to each his peach. You know, yeah, as they say. I that. I'm a big stout person, actually. Yeah, it's good a good winter drink. Yeah, I either drink like heavy, heavy stouts or icy light. There's mm. no in between. Or mm. like a beer that is a really heavy IPA. A good IPA tastes like grass, but in a good way. From one yeah. to the other. Are you a dipper gal? A what? Double IPA. Like so. the hoppiest of hoppies? Yes, okay. yes, yes, I can't, I, I can't do different. I'm a big fan of Rolling Rock. That's my favorite <laughs> beer. That's probably like my second favorite light beer. Is that a light beer? I drink it like like I would drink like a can of Coke or so. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I just need a rock. You know, yeah. a nice cold rock. I like to, to like... go to the squirrel cage. Yeah. And I they have the little pony bottles and they're this mm. big and they're the most adorable things yeah. in the world. And you just sit there with it and you just look like you're too big for the beer and it's, yeah. it's a great system the squirrel cage is an institution that's a whole i went to their yeah. halloween party the other night yeah and they had like this big costume contest oh my god nice it was packed would you go as i was dressed as freddie mercury from the i want to break free music video solid choice so she was in drag mostly mm. typically yeah, yeah. i was <laughs> Not there, but that sounds fun. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. What were you this Halloween, John? I was Elvis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was. I got to be the king. I was going to say. King for a day. 
Is that like the big, I feel like that would be like a huge like dream. Like I feel like it's like selling out Madison Square Garden being Elvis. It definitely was. And it's a tricky thing too because he's a guy that's been parodied and impersonated mm-hmm. to the point of like, you know, everybody knows. Kids that don't know Elvis's music, they know what what you're doing when you're doing your Elvis thing. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do it in a way that embraced the the fun spirit of it, but not like mm-hmm. desecrate mm-hmm. or like do. I know that sounds like I'm taking it a little too serious, but no, I mean, there's a great uh, movie that came out about him. It's like two parts. It's pretty long, mm-hmm. but uh, what a what a, like a tortured soul. You know, oh, yeah, Elvis was. It, his, his story is uh, like amazing, and his rise and fall. He's like one of the first big stars mm-hmm. like that. Like he became like mm-hmm. as TV was taking off, he was the guy, and there was no blueprint. Yeah. Um, and so I went to Graceland uh, when I was twenty or twenty-one, and I got a pretty profound sense of like what it would, what it must have been like you know, to mm-hmm. be that out of touch with your reality and yeah. like, but as far as performing as him goes and embracing that thing, mm-hmm. I mean, we had so much fun. It was just so fun to be able to like, yeah. to do that because man, when he was, when he came out mm-hmm. in those days and in his prime in his early years, like there's nothing that, you know, over the course of like mm-hmm. modern history, that's like, the moon landing, Elvis, mm-hmm. you know, a couple other things, but yeah. it was a pretty big deal. So, if you could choose between Johnny Cash or Elvis, and we will get to your music, yeah, because it is good. But now it, I'm actually curious. Yeah. If you have to choose between Johnny Cash or Elvis, like who is like who would you choose? Uh, to like hang out with, or to be, or um, to hang out with, or to listen to their like preferred music. Yeah. They both have those, they both had up and down oh, yeah. careers. I think um, Johnny Cash got to enjoy, I think, a little bit more mm-hmm. control, mm-hmm. Um, even like in his older years, like with mm-hmm. the Highwaymen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some of that stuff was good, some mm-hmm. of it not so good. But yeah. like, um, and even that last record he made with Rick Rubin, where he's doing the covers. Oh my God. Um, yeah, so I, I might, I mean, both of them, for me as a little kid, mm-hmm. anytime either one of them were on the TV, I was like, really? I was transfixed. Like, was, even as a little kid. Yeah, my mom, I could do the lip. Oh. <laughs> I'm doing the lip right now for those okay. that can't see us. Audio um, media. Audio yeah. Media. <laughs> That's what we say all the time. But uh, my mom would, like, you know. We'd have friends over or relatives. My mom would be like, do Elvis. Do it. You know? Aww. And I, I was happy to oblige. Mm-hmm. How old were you when you started playing music? Um, so I always was like making up songs, like silly songs. I was a class clown. I was always in trouble. And mm. like, I remember when LimeWire, do you know what LimeWire <laughs> oh, is? Yeah. Yeah. When that first came out, I like got into making like, mixtapes for kids in school and like Mm -hmm. hustling them and and so I before I had any like musical affinity I was like into Mm -hmm. distributing and performing or like you know Mm -hmm. um and I was terrible at math good at English without having to try and Mm -hmm. I won some like silly third grade poetry Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be a baseball player 
So oh, I'm really? like, oh, this is so lame. And my mom's like pushing, like, mm-hmm. you're going to be, an, you're an artist. My mom and grandmother were pushing mm-hmm. the artist thing on mm-hmm. me. And I was like, no, no, I don't, it's stupid. I want to play for the pirates. Yeah. That's the NCR, and then, you're glad you don't. Yeah, that's the pirates. Um, <laughs> but my granddad was like a real, um, still is like a real flea market guy, a junk mm-hmm. guy, mm-hmm. loves, and um, he would just pick stuff up and he wouldn't even, knock on the door, say hello. He would just leave things on my porch mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And I opened the door one day and there was a guitar there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sat in the basement for a couple of years. And, you know, I think he was like, well, you write poetry. Maybe one day you'll want to put your poetry to music. And he was like a, a off-Broadway guy. And so wow. got a performer streak from him, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, around 13 or 14, I picked up the guitar and started fumbling mm-hmm. with it and trying to learn chords from friends and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. hack my way through. I thought I was a punk for a little while. Oh, yeah. Um, you, what, you're not a punk? I'm not a punk. <laughs> I didn't go all punk. I, you should definitely try to do, like, a Ramones uh, or something. I don't know. Be the next well, I have to say that as I, <clears throat> I just turned 30, but even, like, the past three or four years, like, am I allowed to swear? Mm-hmm. Shit's too loud. Like, I hate, oh, when, sh- I hate when shit's too loud. Yeah. Like. People are like, always Speaking asking me. me. Yeah. yeah. People are always like, what did you, th-? I'm like, yeah, the show is good. It's too loud. Like, um, I was so, saying that the other day with a friend. Yeah. I'm like, I am 22 years old. doesn't need to be Shit that loud. It can't be too loud. Yeah, yeah. It, Earplugs, man. Hey, yeah. in my, you know, one of the things I learned in like one of my classes in undergrad was like how many like decibels are like harmful for your ears. So mm-hmm. now all I can think about whenever I'm at like a club or whatever is like, all of my little like ear hair cells dying. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. You're protecting yourself. Yeah. I wear earplugs to concerts. It's really just fine. It's good. You should. Not to yours though. I yeah. Think. Well, I try to. I'm very. Con- my band is always laughing because I'm always like turning around and mm-hmm. asking them to turn down <laughs> or asking drummers to play quieter. Oh goodness. My band in college was way too loud. Okay. Were you guys like? Were you like folksy at that point, or were you? No, like, we were like angsty. Um, like. Um, I don't know what we were. We there was an element of like southern rock to it, mm-hmm. but also an element of like incubus or something. I don't know <laughs> what we. I don't know. What's that? Were you like in the DIY scene or like what? Do you like play basements? Attics. We played the Brillo Box. We played. Oh, okay. Club Cafe. We played around. Okay. Like it was a it was a weird time in Pittsburgh music. It was, this would have been like 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, the blizzard of 2010. Mm. We played the Brillo Box during the blizzard of 2010. Damn, I'm bad. Um, I love Brillo. Uh, but yeah, and I got, but that helped me because that helped me as a singer learn how to like cut above mm-hmm. the noise. Yeah. You know, it's like such a challenge for young mm-hmm. singers is how to cut through the mix. Mm-hmm. So when did you make the turn to country? Like, like not that you. Yeah. Like the country-ish stuff. It was slow. Well, I was always, I mean, I, I play, I play an instrument and I, I do apply myself to like the craft of music itself, but it always for me begins and ends with the writing. Mm -hmm. I was an English major in Mm -hmm. school and like good writing to me is Mm -hmm. like at the, at the core of it. And so, um, I started getting into different things that 
where the writing was striking me like, mm -hmm. oh, you can do this in a country song mm -hmm. or you can do this. Um, like when I was trying to write whatever I was trying to write before, I had all these rules where I was like, you have to use cool words. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you can't say, you can't mm -hmm. sing about like a burrito or mm -hmm. like a, uh, you know, you can't, there's things you just can't say because mm -hmm. I'm serious and okay. I'm a serious artist. Um, okay. uh, Jeff Buckley was another person I was huge into in oh, college. Yeah. Still into him. Somehow that, beautiful voice. Yeah. yeah. When your ch tastes change, there's always a few remnants of like, okay, well, I was right about this. I might have been wrong about all other stuff, but I was right about Jeff Buckley. He's still good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like good songwriting and good writing, mm -hmm. I started seeing like um, how my voice, both literally and metaphorically, like my voice as a writer, mm -hmm. lent itself to this like storytelling mm -hmm. and the uh, the character mm -hmm. of songs. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's like a huge part of performance is like getting into character. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm John, I'm mm -hmm. the guy here, but like even as a, even when I'm performing with my band as me and not as Elvis or something mm -hmm. like John Binley is a character in Binley Hardware Company. Mm -hmm. However subtle the difference may be, it's important yeah. to like keep that mm -hmm. alive so that you can step into it mm -hmm. and it kind of protects you. Mm -hmm. I was like very um tenacious and not angry but like I was very like um with promoters you know being in a young band's like tough being in a band in general is like the hardest thing I don't know why anyone does it it's totally stupid <laughs> we talk about this all the time it's like the most frustrating thing at mm -hmm. times um but I've always had that like mm -hmm. f you mm -hmm. I'm doing this kind of thing and having a chip on your shoulder mm -hmm. is good and so <clears throat> protecting yourself mm -hmm. is important so speaking of good writing, and we've we're now starting to ask every you're the third musician we've mm -hmm. had on this podcast, um, and you're probably going to be. I, this is now a staple question with every cool. musician now. Um, I was told by uh, one of my friends who's a music major that he does not feel like he will have made it until Weird Al Yankovic uh -huh. does a cover of one of his songs. So if you could pick one of your songs that Weird Al could do a cover of, what would it be? Ooh. Um, could I co-write it with Weird Al? You could co-write it, Okay. Yes. You can the, help him out. The move would be then, you know how, so on my, our, the first Finley Hardware record, mm -hmm. there's a, Ever Satisfactory, there's a duet we were talking about earlier with mm -hmm. my friend Angela. Mm -hmm. It's called Easy Game, and the chorus is, I'm not easy game, but mm -hmm. I can be tame, but... Uh, sometimes when I'm on the turnpike and I use my easy pass, mm -hmm. I sing to myself, I got easy pass so mm -hmm. I can go fast on the Pennsylvania turnpike. It has to happen now. <laughs> it has to happen Yeah, now. we could license that to the turnpike maybe. We <laughs> do do I'd have to talk to Angela about it. She'd okay. have to sign off. But, She'd have to, yeah. Oh. Did, you work, did you two write that song together or was it? That song has a fascinating story. Okay. Um, when I lived in Nashville... I had many successes and failures. Mm -hmm. One of the big successes was, you know, me, I'm the English major, I'm in a new city, I'm kind of lonely. I knew one person when I moved there. Um, and I was I always look for bookstores when I'm in a strange town. Mm -hmm. So I went over to this place, uh, mm -hmm. it's called Rhino Books. I walk in, there's this old guy with long gray hair and a beard, he's got guitars on the wall. Mm -hmm. I'm like browsing his bookshop, and he's like, hey, what do you, 
what are you doing here? Let me guess. You know, everybody in Nashville is there for the same reason. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to be a songwriter. He's like, play me something. Mm-hmm. So he takes a guitar off the wall and I play him a song. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's pretty good. Um, he like gave me some tips and then he played me some stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was like, come back and we'll do this again. Mm-hmm. And then the next time we went upstairs to this attic where he had all this art and guitars and this vault of records. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy became my mentor. Mm-hmm. His name is Fred Kohler. Mm-hmm. He's still around. Awesome. He wrote songs with John Prine, um, Nancy Griffith, mm-hmm. Jerry Lee Lewis. He has like handwritten thank you notes from Loretta Lynn. Wow. He had the songwriting career back when you could still have that. Mm-hmm. His main collaborator was Shel Silverstein. Really? The children's author who wrote many songs. Yeah. Um, wrote A Boy Named Sue. Oh, he wrote A Boy Named Sue. Shel Silverstein wrote that, yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, but Fred and Shell were very good friends, and mm-hmm. they wrote a ton of songs together. That's amazing. Um, so Fred had this friend in the 70s. Like, one of, you know, you'd go to Fred's, and he'd sort of be like, sometimes he'd be on the money with, like, mm-hmm. I got this thing we want to work on. And other times he'd be like, what do you think of this old thing from the 70s? And he had this, like, these old recordings of him and this woman named Sylvia, mm-hmm. Sylvia Price, woman who... Uh, close friend of his who mysteriously drowned mm-hmm. um, and was but was a great piano player and singer. He had all these songs of hers, these home recordings of hers. Mm-hmm. And in one of them, she had that chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had some verses. And basically, I like took the spirit of that mm-hmm. song and rewrote a lot of it mm-hmm. and had a first it was just me singing it. And it didn't work. And I was like, well, if I ever meet the right gal to sing this, mm-hmm. um, We'll record it. Mm-hmm. Then I met Angela, and I was like, pretty quickly, I was like, yeah. you're going to sing this. So we, <laughs> we tried some ideas, and she fine-tuned some verses mm-hmm. and put her, her attitude and stamp mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. And that was that's one of my proudest things, because mm-hmm. this, the story of Sylvia is, a, is pretty heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just someone, just mm-hmm. another soul who went down to Nashville to write songs, wrote all these beautiful mm-hmm. songs, and is like, forgotten about but could have been like something mm-hmm. um and so to be able to like communicate mm-hmm. with someone who's been dead for 40 years mm-hmm. and take a piece of their work and make it mm-hmm. i don't know it was like mm-hmm. power yeah really some serious thing. power so yeah special. yeah um yeah is there a specific song that has you can you can drink sorry i feel like oh, yeah. so many questions yeah. you're not able to actually power drink. cheers to power, power. Yeah. Sorry, I'm like far away. Yeah. ASMR. Okay. Um, we make a lot of ASMR mm-hmm. here. Um, is there a specific song that has like a large amount of meaning to you? Like, or, I mean, they all seem like in terms of the ones I've listened to, and I've listened to many, but they all seem to have like a profound amount of meaning, even including like jaywalking too. Like, yeah. was, like I can, I don't know. Like it's all really like I said, really good, and it's all very, it all seems very meaningful. So is there one, like, to you that's, like, you know what, that's one that, like, has, like, the, I wouldn't say the most meaning, because I feel like that's something that would change, or, like... No, I think uh, you go, you fall in and out of love with Mm -hmm. songs. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll intentionally forget, want to forget about one and not Mm -hmm. play it, and then try to get back into it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think... Yeah, as 
you know, set Three Rivers is like a song now that is seven or eight years old, mm-hmm. and so it has meaning in a different way. And then mm-hmm. I've I've sung it in different places, mm-hmm. and I wrote it as a different man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I see the young man that wrote it, and mm-hmm. then kind of yeah. feels that way. And because it's about home, and it's like a it's like a love letter to mm-hmm. home. Yeah. It means a lot to me when people tell me, mm-hmm. uh, or even people that aren't from here that connect with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that song has a special meaning. But yeah, I. No one in particular is like a constant. Mm-hmm. There are times where I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I might not feel like hearing or playing that song. Mm-hmm. But it's it's all about the moment. I think I can, I tend to be very like dismissive of my, mm-hmm. I want to focus on the next thing. Yeah. Like the song I care about is the one that's like being written or that mm-hmm. right. is, is like, you know, that I've got in my sights. Mm-hmm. But um, I think there is something to be said for, I can get excited when mm-hmm. there's people in front of me and I can deliver it because mm-hmm. I want to share. It's all about the exchange with right. with mm-hmm. people that are listening. Like that's the most mm-hmm. important thing. I do have one question about one of your older songs, if you don't mind my asking. Sure. Um, is the Ballad of Manuel Garcia a true story? Yeah. That's yeah. a real person. Yeah. Okay. Manuelito. Okay. Do you still talk to him? No, we lost touch. Um, partly of my own... I think, I mean, I still have his number. I could hit him up. Mm-hmm. I, I, but I, he kind of is this, this <laughs> character now in my mm-hmm. mind. And uh, yeah. uh, it was a tender thing, like, because I moved to Nashville. I, don't know, I got my ticket punched by playing guitar in this band. Mm-hmm. But pretty soon, you know, I wanted to, like, solidify myself. I had to get a job. So I got a job working at a Mexican restaurant. And for whatever reason, they didn't need servers. Mm. So that I was... It was me and uh, a bunch of guys from Guatemala and Honduras and mm-hmm. Mexico um, working in the kitchen. And I was a food runner a lot of the times, too. Mm-hmm. But pretty much I sort of became the de facto like interim between server guys and girls who were impatient or crying and mm-hmm. trying to communicate with the guys in the kitchen. Yeah. And we had a good sense of humor. Okay. Uh, and Manuel was just a good guy. like, And he worked like a whole other job. And it was a really hard job. Yeah. I worked, I had a lot of service industry jobs and this one was like on my body, like the toughest. Was and the food, uh, good? the food was good. Rose okay. pepper in uh, East Nashville. Great okay. establishment. I recommend it. Okay. Um, but he and I just like struck up a friendship mm-hmm. in a way that was like, I wanted to learn Spanish. So he would write words in Spanish mm-hmm. on, uh, on the food tickets. Mm-hmm. Cool. I have a bunch of them saved. Like, cool. Cursive writing on the back mm-hmm. of like order number or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's really um, cool. Yeah. That's really and uh, that song was, I wrote that song at what I thought was the peak of the immigration controversy oh. in, in 2013. Yeah. And that's another one where it's like, here we are, it's almost 2020. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. You must have like a whole yeah. meaning to you yeah. now, like a whole different meaning. I and guess. One, one thing about that song is, you know, I'm playing country music and touring around like and diff- going to different places there are times where that song like doesn't mm-hmm. land with uh-huh. the audience and I always try to tell myself um like that's when I should sing it the loudest and proudest mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. if not I'm I'm full of shit <laughs> because I'm a person that mm-hmm. uh, one of my strong skills I think is reading an audience mm-hmm. and so if I'm feeling like you know whether it's you know, an off-color remark or a thing, you know, like, I know when to, like, maybe be more 
Mm-hmm. And and so my instincts sometimes are like, don't. The last line is like, we're living and working. We're lo- or we're living and loving. This is like tying your shoes. I can't explain how to do it unless. So. Uh, but it's to the effect I of like, yeah, we're living and learning, we're loving and working, or something like. Like, tell me, is that is that such a crime? Yeah, and it's always a cappella, and there's nothing to hide behind. Mm-hmm. You can't swallow a vowel or do anything like that. So, yeah. um, I always have a moment whether if we're in a certain demographic where I know that there most people would disagree with me. It's when I sing it the loudest and proudest. Well, yeah. I think you're you're singing it in a language that they can understand because they are there for your music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the whole thing is about trying to be, the whole song is an appeal to like, we're not that different. It's about mm-hmm. being relatable. It's about, um, we're both chasing dreams mm-hmm. and they both brought us to the food counter at the Rose Pepper. Mm-hmm. And so there's like a humor element. Yeah. That kind of ties into what I'm saying before of like, college me is like, well, you can only use words that like, would be used in a Tennyson poem and it has to flow and it has to be like mm-hmm. this dark and curated precious thing. And it's like, no, it's carne asada on rice. <laughs> That's the poem that, that is in there. Like it's That's real, cool. like, mm-hmm. you know, get, get the real thing. I was thinking about this earlier when you mentioned Elvis and his disconnect from reality. And it yeah. seems like your music, it's very, very powerful, but almost in the opposite way. Like you're very connected to reality. Yeah. So what do you think as a musician that that empowers you to do? I think it helps you um, not miss. I had a teacher that in a writing workshop that said a poem passes by every five minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's like all about whether or not your antenna is up mm-hmm. to get it. So yeah. I definitely miss most of them. Mm-hmm. But when you're when you're trying to stay in the moment, which is so hard to do mm-hmm. nowadays, um, you might you might catch a glimpse mm-hmm. or just you know mm-hmm. like trying to set the scene, trying to be active in the. That's definitely a song where like I want you to feel like you're at the restaurant because it had such a worked my ass off there and it was Mm -hmm. such a like big part of my life Mm -hmm. and then you know if you quit a job at a restaurant all of a sudden it's like well I don't go there every day anymore now and there's there's no like Mm -hmm. you know you might have a few drinks with your coworkers and you're out Mm -hmm. but like I wanted to take a piece of that and so that I didn't forget it Mm -hmm. because it was so yeah it was at such an Mm -hmm. interesting time in my life I think art is a really good time stamp yeah Yeah. that's a good way to put it yeah Yeah. I think like that the specific line about like his daughter and mm-hmm. stuff, that whole thing just by the end. I mean, I was showing it to you because we had to do an interview yesterday yeah. at Wiggles. We were driving <clears throat> around. We've been driving around like for the last few days. I love days. it. Um, Don't stop. We're on the ride. We're having a really thank good you. time. We're yeah. having a really good time. Yeah. Um, it matters. But thank you. I was, thank you. I was playing the song, uh, the Ballad of Manuel Garcia, yeah. and like that last like chorus when like all of everything kind of comes together. I was like, this is the best part. Yeah. You like stop the car. Yeah. We're like, yeah. just like, listen. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's all really like, I kind of want to know, cause you do have your background in English. Do you think yeah. that that helps you in a way in terms of your writing? Helps and hurts. Okay. I, my big problem is like, I'll write something and I'll be like, this is stupid and I won't bring it. Sometimes mm-hmm. I've been really encouraging myself to bring it to the band first, mm-hmm. let them decide if it's any good, and mm-hmm. maybe they can convince you. Sometimes I really have a hard time. I mm-hmm. just like, I'll shoot myself in the foot and beat mm-hmm. myself up. Mm-hmm. Um, w- one thing, just getting back to Manuel, thinking mm-hmm. about like the 
reality of the experience. Mm -hmm. One time I was taking the trash out mm -hmm. um, and between two dumpsters, you know, I had taken the trash out many times, threw the one bag in and I turn and there's a guy chest tight with a pistol about a foot long and he stuck it in my chest. Oh my God. And he said, I got to feed my kids, man. Oh my God. And so I slowly pulled out my wallet. I had $7. Uh -huh. I gave it to him. He threw the wallet down uh -huh. and, I was, and then I walked back in and oh I, my God. and when I think about Manuel, I think about like Manuel had to feed his kids too. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I was shook. Yeah. Of course. Like, um, and I think about that moment, like it was like, I was in like shock, uh, not afraid to admit, like I, I like went to the bathroom and I like shed a few tears. Cause I was like, you know, I was in shock and then I like cried. Mm -hmm. And then I was like thinking about how, like any one of the dudes that I work with could be that guy too. Mm -hmm. And I like had a weird admiration for the guy that mm -hmm. robbed me. Like I believed him that he was trying to feed his kids. Mm -hmm. um, that's sort of just getting, not to, I just wanted to add that. Cause I, glad, that was no, like a I'm moment that, that sticks like, out. But you were talking about being an English major. Oh yeah. There's gift and a curse. Gift sure. and a curse. Okay. Yeah. Is there a time? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I think doing anything creative puts you in a very vulnerable position. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Business-wise, especially. Yes. <laughs> Would you ever want to write a book? Yes. Okay. I always talk about how if I don't, mm -hmm. like, if I, I'll be pissed mm -hmm. if, if, <laughs> if, I, if I die before I get to write a book. It's something that I've always wanted to do. So talk about, like, the family portion of Binley Hardware Company. Yeah. It sounds like it's a hardware company in terms of, like, your CD covers and, like, I mean, even the beer, like, mm -hmm. everything that's kind of in the back basically sounds like this is a product that, like, a com like a company made for yeah. you. Not, like, and I'm not saying your band is, like, you know, corporate America or whatever. Right. I'm saying, like, your band's, like, a mom-and-pop shop that, like, makes yeah. things with love and gives it to you. Yeah. And it's, like, here, listen to me. Like, listen to this thing that I made. And so, like, I don't, I'm not completely familiar with, like I think you were saying, Binley Hardware Company. That what is a family business, or mm -hmm. was a family business? Like what? So it's uh, not unlike the magic and mystery of Sylvia. Mm -hmm. There's the magic of the story of Binley Hardware Company, which uh, Binley is actually my middle name, mm -hmm. and I, you know, you have a weird middle name in grade school, and people are like, mm -hmm. "Ha ha, your name's Binley. We're gonna call you Binley." Ha mm -hmm. ha ha. I was named for my great-grandfather on my mother's side, mm -hmm. um, who, Binley wasn't his last name, mm -hmm. but he went by John Binley, mm -hmm. um, and nobody, that was it. For me, mm -hmm. like, great-grandfather, that's pretty far back for the average person, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Some people don't even know their grandparents or their mm -hmm. parents, yeah. so I never really thought about it or asked about it. Mm -hmm. When I moved to Nashville, I felt that my name, my last name wasn't gonna cut it as far as a stage name mm -hmm. and so I started going by John Bentley that was it then we can cut this out but can I ask what your last name sure your it's name? it's uh in Gaelic it's Howard so okay. I have a lot of cousins that are named Howard mm -hmm. but uh my last name is uh in the states they say Herward H-E-R-W-A-R-D okay yeah hey love the Gaelic yeah, especially yeah. when like all the letters are like yeah. missing and not pronounced yeah. <laughs> or just replaced so we, continue we should talk Irish stuff if we get time. Oh, definitely. Um, but, uh, too, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I had a stage name, mm -hmm. John Binley. That was it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like, 
artists might not admit this. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you right now. You Google yourself. I think everybody Googles themselves, whether mm -hmm. you're whether or not you're a public figure. Oh yeah, I'm an opera singer. Yeah. Elizabeth Mannion is an opera singer. Yeah. So I Google myself. Mm -hmm. Hardware company. Okay, what's this? Mm -hmm. You know, mom, did you know about? No, I, you know what? I think I remember. Mm -hmm. You know, my great grandfather. He worked for a hardware company. Uh -huh. That was all she knew. Then mm -hmm. I asked my grandma. Oh yeah, my grandfather, he worked for a hardware company, but his uncle was a really important guy. He was this like industrialist and they were very wealthy and we never saw any of it, but that was all she knew. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I got to figure out what this is. Mm -hmm. And the deeper I dug, mm -hmm. the more amazing stuff mm -hmm. I discovered. There's so much to tell and so much to share, okay. so much that I've been producing a documentary film about it oh my god for the last four years and it's going to come out in 2020 i promise right it's going to yes. come out in 2020 um it <clears throat> we've been in in uh the final stages the oh. last 10 percent is the hardest part of any mm -hmm. creative endeavor i thought making records was hard making, making movies, movies is way harder uh, but it is going to come out and it's uh -huh. sort of it's about the history it, um, if you are a pure history buff and you uh -huh. hate country rock music mm -hmm. you will still get something out of it because it's just a straight up here's mm -hmm. the story it's you know pittsburgh is so rich with mm -hmm. cultural history that um i can see why this one was easily mm -hmm. forgotten it's remarkable but it's not it's not frick it's not mm -hmm. carnegie it's sort of one of the mm -hmm. um the ones after that mm -hmm. but um that and the reimagining of some of the principles and the language and the visuals mm -hmm. Uh, have made its way to inform the Binley Hardware Company aesthetic in music. And it's a blessing because I'm not a visual person. Mm -hmm. Every band I've ever been in had a horrible band name. <laughs> and all I had to do was look back in time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had it all. It was all mm -hmm. done for me a hundred and some years ago. Well, I which think is amazing, right? Yeah, I mean, that's I pretty didn't, cool. You like, didn't do People, uh, you know, it's easy because you don't have this much time to ex explain this this way mm -hmm. on stage. People are like, oh yeah, his dad ran a hardware store or whatever, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's cool. That but you got that all like together. Yeah, I mean, awesome. it's a blessing. It's yeah. it's magic. Yeah. yeah, I think it's all like kind of meant to be in some weird way. Because yeah. also, like when I think of your music, possibly because like the fact that your album is called Ever Satisfactory, and also because you sound like a like a store I would walk past. Maybe not in the south side, but maybe like the strip district. Okay. <laughs> or like Lawrenceville. Yeah. yeah. I have um, dreams of bringing the brick and mortar back one oh day. Oh my goodness. The building still stands. Really? We tore the building in the film. Oh really? It's luxury apartments now. It's in Shadyside. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah. Don't get me started. Yeah. I was hoping it, you would say like, it's a brewery now or no. something. But, or a uh, distillery. Do you yeah. want more? Okay. Uh, I'll have a dash more of, okay. of bourbon. I can. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You as well? Dash it out. All right. <laughs> Do you want also the fixins? I think I'll stick to just okay. the... Yeah, that's kind of what I... The pure stuff now. There's our yeah. musicians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of our... Every musician we've interviewed has been like, I just want whiskey. Yeah. Like, what's your cocktail? Whiskey? <laughs> Do you want anything with it? Uh, maybe a nice Maybe cube. some ginger. Who else... Have, so you were talking about your friends, November Blue. Who else have you interviewed? Inferno in the Bowl. Cool, I know them very well. Um, Nick, not Bryce. Okay. I might get Bryce at some point, but he's like the silent, he's yeah. the silent type. So Bryce was know. over at my house yesterday. Oh, really? And we were uh, 
playing songs. He writes great songs. Don't yeah. let him. Don't let him hide from you. He's. We're trying to talk him into doing his solo records. And can he sing? Yes. Really. Yeah, he's good. Okay. Good he's a great. We. He's uh He's an honorary member of Binley Hardware Company. Mm-hmm. We played no. uh, a decent number of shows with him mm-hmm. on stage. That's the fun thing and the frustrating thing at times about mm-hmm. this band is uh, there are solid mm-hmm. members, mm-hmm. Um, people that have been part of the thing, even mm-hmm. if they're not here or they're in other cities. But mm-hmm. uh, it's very, it's a col- it's a music collective in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, Yeah, which is fun. You do a lot of work with Buffalo Rose, too. Yeah, those are, like, my best friends. I mm-hmm. love them so much. So what can you speak to about, like, the Pittsburgh music community? Like, what is, like, I can't, I'm not even in it. Yeah. Like, from what I, because I can play maybe three chords on the guitar, yeah. and that is it. She's just some badass. You're in it. Well, you're, you you know, you're offering an opportunity for mm-hmm. artists to, like, share out and participate in, like, mm-hmm. in exchange, which is, uh. That makes you part of it. So. We just love storytelling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what is it, say, like, how is it for you to be a part of? Like, how would that compare to, like, the music scene in Nashville or the music yeah. scene in, like, I don't know. It's hard because sometimes I wonder, I'm like, is this the state of the music scene or is this just, like, have I personally mm-hmm. found my tribe? Mm-hmm. You know? I think you could go anywhere in the world and there are, like, there's nothing that musicians love more than to bitch about. Why isn't the local radio station playing this? Or why aren't why aren't we getting this show? Or why mm-hmm. you know like musicians love to complain, mm-hmm. uh, myself included. You know mm-hmm. we just have a bitch fest sometimes. <laughs> and but I bitch think away. I mean I think for me, um, and I have to remember this sometimes because you know you're constantly as a fan you kind of lose out because you're constantly comparing yourself or evaluating or like ooh this band did this we need to try to do our version of that mm-hmm. but. I'll just say that uh, with Pittsburgh bands, there have never been so many in my life mm-hmm. um, to this point where like I genuinely admire mm-hmm. and like listen to them in a way that I would like mm-hmm. listen to anything else that I like. Like I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's I love a, the city. Yeah, there's a good <laughs> number of bands where I'm like I'm into this. Like mm-hmm. I'm not even you know because you're coming up, you're like, well, this guy's really nice. Mm-hmm. We played a few shows together, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't listen to his band. You know, but like there's stuff where it's like, you don't even have to be nice to me. You're just really good. Like mm-hmm. I like seeing your band. Yeah. Um, and and it's small enough where like we get to know each other, mm-hmm. and uh, I have yeah a lot of there's a lot of people that I'm lucky to call friends that are making music in Pittsburgh, and um, and also it, it this is like the weirder part. I don't think a lot of people maybe would be willing to admit it but like it's like it's not a com- competition thing mm-hmm. but it pushes you it's like mm-hmm. oh they can do this we can do this you know if somebody does a cool show in a cool way or puts out a record and mm-hmm. gets it's like it drives the whole thing i'm a big proponent of like a rising tide yeah. lifts all boats and mm-hmm. uh yeah i think like we're you know even the clarks have been around forever okay. like they've been really good to us like mm-hmm. they'll add us onto the bill as an opener and like mm-hmm. In this town or in the surrounding areas, being able to open for them is you're going to get in front of a great crowd that mm-hmm. responds. And yeah. like, those guys are awesome. They cool. like, yeah, I love Pittsburgh. That's really great. Awesome. Tell us about the Honky Tonk Jukebox. I was just I do to know yeah. you have like, you got to get out of here. No, we're good. Like, we're okay, good. good. Yeah. All right. Let's book That eight means seven. Yes. The yeah, eight yeah. Seven. I don't we're good. Even. Back to daylight savings. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so tell us about the honky tonk process. Yeah, if this conversation was, if this wasn't fun, I'd be like, I gotta go. Okay. Oh, no, uh, you're yeah, fun. yeah, I'm having fun. And the free booze helps. Yeah, too. it's true. Um, yeah, the honky tonks, me and my friend Chet and Molly Alphabet mm. and a bunch of like rotating cast. We've been getting touring acts. Oh, really? They come through and they're like the guest band. Okay. We've been doing it at the Elks Lodge. We're gonna move to the Bloomfield. German club, the Leader Tafel. Oh the Leader Tafel. Yeah. I've never been there. The next one, it's November thirtieth, and then after that, December twenty first. It's just a great event, like stuff that I used to see in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you know they have a at their American Legion down there. You mm-hmm. play, we play some original stuff, but we also play like the hits, and mm-hmm. it's a great way for like musicians of the genre in town to like come sit in mm-hmm. and play songs and it's been a great thing for you know we play 50 songs mm-hmm. that's a lot you know? yeah the house band is up there for like 50 songs so yeah. it's like i'm maybe up there for half of them mm-hmm. or 30 of them mm-hmm. and it's like it's a great way to stretch and mm-hmm. you know you can't see each other's bands a lot because you have your own shows but every month we have the show and we're all together and it's like i mean the lineups are incredible if you're a pittsburgh music yeah. fan even if you don't like country music mm-hmm. the one thing i will say though Pittsburgh has a bad rap for not being a dancing town. Oh. We get folks on the dance floor. That's what this event is really about. It's I'm about so love being it. on the dance floor. So sold. And uh, yeah, I mean. So how did you and great. Chet like get the opportunity to create this event? Like from the Elks, like did you get people from the Elks Lodge to come around? Like what? No, I mean we just kind of said like we thought that there was an appetite for it. We hoped there was an appetite. Mm-hmm. We're like we really like country music. Mm-hmm wonder what other people and so it was sort of like a hail mary Mm -hmm. and then it was way more successful than we ever Mm -hmm. imagined yeah and almost like it got a little crazy Mm -hmm. and so now we're uh we're gonna keep we're gonna spread the love we're gonna take it to some different places Mm -hmm. and uh it it can be a full-time job you know the only thing is we don't want it to take away from like whoops we don't want it to take (laughs) we don't want it to take away from what we're doing as writers you know in our bands and so finding that balance is Mm -hmm. cool but it's helped it's helped tremendously as a performer getting into it so what can someone expect if they go to one of those events like what is the audience like what is the vibe Um, the audience is all ages all uh creeds and colors and it's it's sort of there's an element of pageantry to it and an element of uh flair like Mm -hmm. you gotta dress the part you know Mm -hmm. Hats, snap button shirts. I do have a polo top. Yeah. I can do that. Boots. And, uh, she has a denim cowboy hat. Yes. Get that? There you go. <laughs> Anything that sparkles and shines, you okay. know what I'm saying? Like, oh, uh, that's a big part. You know, getting back to that character. Mm-hmm. You feel good when you, you got a shiny belt buckle mm-hmm. and a, you know, yeah. you can sing the hell out of that. That is, you're talking about Manuel Garcia. Uh-huh. When I hear that song, I get mad. Uh-huh. The recording of it. I think I sing it. To like gently. Gently. I want to like. You want to scream it? No, I want to like Manuel Garcia <laughs> and his wife Celeste. Like I want to like, and I'm like very tender in that, but uh-huh. whatever. It's, it's recorded. It's out. It's recorded. <laughs> yeah. You can always point it live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could always re-record. Yeah. So what's like? What's next for you guys? You guys recording a new? I know Ever Satisfactory is like fairly. It'll be two this month. Oh my goodness. Yeah. HBD. And so we put out a couple singles mm. since then. I've got an EP coming out that's a little different. What's it called? Mm. It's called Solitaire. 
So what do you, um, is it like a rap EP or like a jazz EP? It's not that different. (laughs) Okay. Um, It's moody. It's moody. It's kind of dark and chill. Okay. We like moody. Um, But I'm proud of it. It's like a thing that I actually started this project Mm -hmm. when I started recording Ever Satisfactory. Mm -hmm. Just chipping away at this thing, these songs that didn't fit. And uh, it's just three songs. Okay. Just a little winter EP, but we're, we are working on like a full length, true, a proper Binley Hardware Company record. Okay. okay. This is a Binley Hardware release, but uh, mm-hmm. I think old fans will like it, but it might catch some new ears too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's moody. So one of my questions for you is when I think of your music, it like just kind of makes me feel like warm and happy. And Good. Like, oh, like, you know, I feel like, I feel like I'm hang. I feel like I can grab a beer with you and I feel like I could like, I feel like I'm. Like I said, I feel like it's like a handmade product or whatever. So what is the term, and I think part of the reason is the album name. So what does the term ever satisfactory kind of like mean to you? If it has any meaning, honestly, it could have been something right. Well, it started with it just being on a lot of the Binley Hardware Company catalogs. Oh, like the original company. Right, right. Okay. So they used it as like our, you know, our ever satisfactory razor or, Mm. you know, we guarantee, you know, Mm. um, and so, since then, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of just thought it was cool and mm-hmm. it sounded cool. But since then, I think, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, I think all of us are striving to be ever satisfactory. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, my, yeah. my friend Quentin, he's not a musician. He lives out in San Diego. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, man, I love ever satisfactory. He's like, I need to, like, think of something like that. And then he came up with, uh, <laughs> acceptably fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Acceptably fine. I don't, that makes me laugh. Acceptably fine. Yeah. That's, like, that's like what I put at the end of like all of my like essays and stuff. Put that in like, the email. Just at the yeah. end. Acceptably fine. Yeah. Yeah. Remotely unterrible. Yeah. Remotely fine. There you go. You can shrug at it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a very, it is a satisfactory album. And like when you, it's just satisfaction, which yeah. I think is so cool. I think that, you know, the story behind your band is super cool. Like all of it is just really cool. So Thanks. I'm, I'm really, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, uh, fangirling, fangirling mostly. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Fangirling. I think I'm fangirling more than I have on any other like interview. Currently. Cool. But yeah. Well, we're friends, friends now. So oh yes, we are friends. Fangirling. We've sipped with strangers <laughs> and now we're sipping with yeah. friends. Now we're and... sipping with friends. Yeah. Yes. And then we definitely need to go to the Honky Tonk Shoot Fest. Yeah. The next one's I'm November 30th. so excited. Yeah. I'm going to take my bolo tie back for my boyfriend. Yeah. Oh yeah. Be, definitely ready. steal the bolo tie. I'll let y'all know. I think we're all friends on Facebook and Instagram okay. and stuff now. So okay. I'll, I'll be sure to. Send out Blow up your spot with all the posters and stuff. So, what's your favorite music venue in Pittsburgh? And if you mm. are worried about being diplomatic, then we can. Nah. Okay. Uh, man. It can be to it see depends. music as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I love the Park House. There's something very oh, like. It doesn't make any sense why it's a, like it's. Oh yeah, no. Like you're on paper, the band yeah. while you go to the bathroom. On paper, it's a horrible music venue. Okay. But like, I love catching band, catching music there. It somehow just works. Like Their food is really good. Yeah, and Z is just great. Oh, I love Z. The yeah. vibe there is always good, and like I feel like it's a rite of passage as a Pittsburgh. Like no matter how mm-hmm. how big you think you are, if yeah. you've outgrown that spot, like you better do a couple sets at the Park House every year, or 
One of my favorite park house stories is the first time I ever went, um, my sister and I, like, she lives, she lived in the North Side at the time, so we went to the park house on a Wednesday yeah. for, like, the Bluegrass Jam Band. And we were like, oh, we'll, like, it was 10.30, we were like, oh, we'll stay for at least one song. Yeah. But, like, I had, like, an early class or something, and I was like, oh, well, I have to be out by 11. Oh, that's the black hole. And so we stayed... And the whole song, because it's a jam band, yeah. was 30 minutes. Yeah. Hog Willie goes hard, man. You know oh, yeah. you know Joe? Is that the banjo, he's the banjo player? player? Yeah, yeah. The one who just, like, headbangs while he... Uh, uh, he's the man. He plays with Finley Harbor Company sometimes. Oh, does he? Yeah. Wow. How long are his banjo solos? He can go for a long time. Hey, you know. It's a gift. Yeah. So you said you do karaoke. Well, off air, you said you do karaoke. Yeah. What's it like to be a good karaoke singer? Uh, I had a moment where, like... Some some older older women were like, mm. I sang uh, a song called "Everybody's Talking." It's a oh. Harry Nilsson song. Okay. And uh, it went over big. I had to like. You don't feel I was like, Ooh, Harry. I was harassed. I was oh assaulted goodness. after that. <laughs> but I usually pick songs that are like ridiculous. This one, I don't know if you're allowed like. R. Kelly, I just watched the thing. He's a bad dude. But I Believe I Can Fly used to be my go-to uh-huh. karaoke. I probably should pick a new one. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I had a time with Ignition. And then yeah. now I'm like, well, I guess i got to pick yeah. a new song. Yeah. I Believe I Can Fly is so inspirational. Like, it you is. Just open your arms and just, yeah. We yeah. can make we can make a rule now that anyone... We could grandfather in, maybe, I believe. Anytime I someone feels called to sing that song, it yeah. be, we'll have them sing one of your songs. Sounds good. You'll be the replacement. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, that works. Yeah. That works. Yeah, there's a formula to the perfect karaoke song. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You got to make sure there's an instrumental solo so you can chug your beer. Right. And then um, it can't be a song that, like, everyone knows. Like, yeah. You, it has to be a song everyone knows, but not, like... Everyone's like, going to sing to. Yeah. yeah. Like, they have to know it and be like, oh, shit, I forgot about this song. Yeah. Like, that's how I feel about Karma Chameleon. Like, the first Great time tune. I heard it at karaoke, I was yeah. like, I forgot about this. Yeah. Good song. Well, y'all are a bit younger than me, but there's a great section of uh, like the 90s R&B mm-hmm. catalog that mm-hmm. I'm very familiar with. Would you ever break out and do any of that at the Honky Tonk Jukebox? I wanted to do Old Town Road, but oh I, got, they, I got voted down. You got voted I want to do like a bluegrass, bluegrass version of it. Mm-hmm. But Do you ever do Mama Don't Like the Babies Broke You Cowboys? Yeah, we did that at the last one. Yeah, oh We had a great harp player, uh, Mark Reisman, and uh, he, the last Honky Tonk we did... So, Sometimes we have themes, other times it's just like mm-hmm. a mess and we throw as much country music together as we can. Mm-hmm. But that true uh, Willie Nelson sound with, you know, he doesn't have like fiddles and steel, he has the harp. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this dude is like a world-class harp player and we did, uh, we did Mama's Don't Let Your Baby Screw Up to Be Cowboys mm-hmm. and Whiskey River mm-hmm. and all those Willie tunes. We did them true to form. It was do really you ever fun. do Jackson? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I so, so I remember the first time I met you, I was drunk at the park house. Okay. And I was like, you and Angela need to do yeah. Jackson. And you were like, yeah, great. But I thought you were also drunk, so I didn't know if you ever remembered. But I wanted to see if you actually We did, did it. it. I don't know. Maybe we did it right. Maybe we did it right after that. Well, Who knows? you did. Great. Yeah, yeah. You planted a seed. Yeah. A drunk seed. Yeah. Drunk seed. Yep. That's all the seeds I plant. <laughs> um, I think, because also, Angela and... I mean, it's hard to like beat Johnny, but I have this very unpopular opinion that June Carter is not that good of a singer. She, I can understand that. Okay. She like is more of a, um, you know, she didn't think she was a good singer. Oh, no. See, now I feel bad about myself. Yeah. Good. Now I feel like a <laughs> She thought she was the worst of the Carter family. Oh. Um, she was actually like, her thing was like, she was like the funny one. Oh, okay. Um, 
And I think, yeah, Reese Witherspoon does a great job. Oh, I love Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. I would, like, hang out with her any day. Yeah. Like, I think she's one a person whose, like, character is mm-hmm. is a big part of it. Yeah. 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 So, I have one more question. Oh, sure thing. You're just so interesting, so I feel oh, like sorry. Is there Hello. anything... Hello. <laughs> Hi, um, Is there anything that your audience, that you don't think that they know about you, that you would like them to know about you? Um, well, this, this has come up recently, um, and I, it was a thing that I was, like, averse to sharing, Mm -hmm. but have, have sort of, like, embraced, um, like, one of my childhood buddies was Mac Miller, Mm. um, and Malcolm McCormick, and, uh, that was, like, a tough thing, as, like, somebody who wants to be Mm -hmm. in music, yeah, to, like, see, you know, like, I don't know, when he was coming up, like, I was, uh, definitely, like, salty, like, kind of a hater. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it's like, that's supposed to be me. I'm working at the fucking Rose Pepper. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, we kept in touch, Mm -hmm. uh, to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, like, rap music was a huge part. Like, I grew up in the city, and Mm -hmm. that was, like, a big part of... Like, that's what everybody listened to. So I, I know a lot of rap stuff. <laughs> and I was friends with a very famous rapper. Uh, and I think a guy who was a brilliant artist that mm-hmm. also, too, like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, there's, it's not that similar to Elvis, but, mm-hmm. like, fame is, yeah. I don't know, feel for that kid, man. He was yeah. really smart and really cool. And um, I, I wish he was able to have a long creative life because I know he would have been like all yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, so that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I, people like have like a stigma of country music and mm-hmm. sometimes people are like, Oh, well you're like, you wear boots and you're like, you mm-hmm. know, you're not woke or you're mm-hmm. not like, it's like, mm, I, I grew up in the city, you mm-hmm. know, like I know, you know, I work in city schools and I mm-hmm. do like, um, this is just something that I really like that I choose to like mm-hmm. push forward as a cultural thing and a lot of people you know if you look back country music is actually at the forefront of like every progressive movement people think it's a red state thing yeah yeah casey musgraves today or loretta lynn sang the pill oh i love that song a song about birth control i love that song she got huge crap for that like i mean johnny cash richard nixon tried to commandeer johnny cash into being Mm -hmm. like his campaign Mm -hmm. like song guy and johnny cash was like nah you know so i would just say like whatever the medium Mm -hmm. the medium like doesn't define the person like the person right like there's Mm -hmm. elements of like you know Mm -hmm. i'm rapping on mac miller's first mixtape and and that's like that is still with me every time Mm -hmm. i go into the studio is like being in a basement and writing raps like Mm -hmm. it's all the same it's all Mm -hmm. like you're just a person that listened to a bunch of stuff and thought, hey, I'm going to try this. Oh, um, you're not like a born, like, my band sucked in high school. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. my band sucked in college. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like you, if you found your voice and you found a thing that people are responding to, you're obviously going to stick with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess to answer your question, I would just encourage people in general, like, you know, mm-hmm. have that openness and that um like, nothing, nothing belongs to, like, mm-hmm. Mac Miller was a white rapper. 
Mm-hmm. Every high school in America has a white rapper, and those kids get made fun of, and then they quit rapping. Yeah. This one just happened to be really, really good mm-hmm. and deserving of all the stuff that mm-hmm. he got. So yeah. I think, um, like, watching him grow and seeing that is, like, mm-hmm. uh, I came to... I was at peace with it and really happy for him, and then he died. And I yeah. was like, fuck. Yeah. So I love Mac Miller. I love Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all the, like, he's he's Cobain for a whole generation oh, yeah. of kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's no, like, totally. He's... That still blows my mind. It's mm-hmm. like, you were the kid that used to cry at sleepovers. Like, oh you know, like, you were like, I love you. You're like, you're sweet little Malcolm. And it's Aww. like, um, I, so I think, yeah, people think a lot of things when they see you on stage in a cowboy hat and boots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, I could talk hip-hop all day. Oh, yeah. 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 The genre is just the vessel to carry yeah. the story. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to write? Yeah. What kind of thing, whatever thing you want to write. It's like, for sure. Biggie yeah. or Tupac? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Biggie or Tupac? Uh, Biggie. Okay. Yeah. I agree. I mean, like, I wouldn't judge you regardless. Yeah. All right, so we end every... Thank you so much for telling yeah, us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you. We end yeah. every podcast. Um, it's kind of like Hot Ones, except with drinking. Okay. Where you <laughs> can take... You have like 30 seconds to a minute to just plug whatever you want. Tell the people, all six people who listen to this, what you want them to know, or like what's going on with you, what's new for Billy Harbor yeah. Company, what's new for you, anything like that. Upcoming boogies. Sure. Upcoming boogies. Upcoming yes. boogies. Well, of course, we got the Hockey Talk. We talked about that November 30th, and then again, December. They're both going to be at the Leader Toffle. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you can follow all that stuff on the, the social media and whatnot. And uh, I would definitely want to plug the that this movie is going to come out i'm mm-hmm. hoping in february of 2020 mm-hmm. What's and it called? it's gonna it's called everything in hardware okay cool and where um, do you think you'll be able to view it online uh, in a well i have, have a meeting pretty soon i mean we've been back and forth with our friends at wqed so mm-hmm. there might be an opportunity that it could be on a, mm-hmm. a tv set but yeah. we're gonna have a big screening event mm-hmm. um and it's gonna be really special we're gonna have like live artists doing mm-hmm. Um, work. We interview some artists that are relevant to the film, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I think it'd be a really, really special event. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wish I had a date for it because mm-hmm. I plugged that, but um, we we're gonna start. Yeah, we're, we're gonna start promoting it a little bit. Yeah. And if you ever want to come back on, I would love to. Yeah, totally Yeah, the movie. and I, I so appreciate um, your your attention and like you listening and. Mm-hmm inviting me over it's super cool and uh thanks and thanks for all the goodies yeah we i'm gonna love the pencils yeah dude i'm gonna keep uh keep making stuff mm-hmm. and uh right. as, as long as mm-hmm. you dig so yeah. do you want any more whiskey no i think i might not even be able to finish this if okay. i'm if i'm honest with myself no, but. it's okay it's okay we're all about safety here safety and coaches. yeah safety sits yeah. and strangers but and y'all do a great job how many episodes has this been you would be our fifth wow our third, we but we've only released two. Okay. Um, by the time they listen to this, though, by the time you will be number five. Great. Number five. Yeah. Great. So we had Ferdinand, and then we had the founder of Wiggle Whiskey. Um, was our fourth episode, and then cool. I think Recluse is coming. The guy from Recluse is coming. Which right? guy? The guy who plays the piano. With Max. The here. Max. Tell yes. him I said what up. Okay. My we'll boy. do. We'll do. I'm he, sure he is. He. Um, knows a lot about he loves hip hop too. We've Can't had some wait. conversations about hip hop. He knows his stuff. 
Well, John, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening, not only the first time, but the second and third time. I think maybe four times. This was a particularly good episode. So if you guys listen four times, that's good. It's just, it's just something I say. All right. Well, you guys all enjoy your drinks and have a lovely evening. Good night. No man of mine Watch the door while I do